All right, everyone. How are you doing? I'm Sergio from the Dodgeball Podcast International Series, and here with me I have... Simon Jones uh, from the Lutworth Meteors, uh, England, and more recently, GB. And GB, you said more recently, as in you just made the team, or were you a part of the Cancun squad? Uh, well, I joined the GB team uh, prior to the Cancun squad, squad, and then we had that uh, Atlantic Cup competition, which I participated in. Unfortunately, oh, the uh, trip to Cancun uh, fell at a time for me where I couldn't really make it work with uh, my job and uh, so on. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to do that. And then COVID hit. And of course, the Glasgow <laughs> went out the window and uh, I'm getting married this year. So it doesn't look like uh, it's going to happen for me in Canada this year either. So it's been been a series of unfortunate events, I suppose. <laughs> you call marriage an unfortunate event? <laughs> no, no, that's very fortunate. I'm, I can't wait for that. They're like, okay. we're going on a honeymoon, which I'm buzzing for, uh, okay. which is the same time as the uh, the world. So it's just unfortunate from a dodgeball perspective. Oh, I can't gotcha. Imagine. I was like, I'm trying, I'm trying to get you that bail out. Let me just. <laughs> Thanks for saving me. <laughs> no, like, honestly, uh, I mean, I've been playing uh, uh, with been with Haley as long as I've been playing dodgeball lately. So uh, two loves. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that sounded like you stepped on a landmine. You might want to step back a bit. Uh yeah. <laughs> before we continue, um, let's get some preliminaries out of the way. So what's the jersey number you pick um for your club and your country and why? Um I suppose uh the meteors I've always been the number twenty-three as long as I started. Uh when the shirts were first being dished out, I was a bit late to the party, so all the sort of low numbers, if you like, had uh, had gone. And at that time, 23 was just something that was cropping up um, everywhere in my life. Uh, and it kind of came a bit of a lucky number for me. It's not a birthday or, or anything like that. It's just a cool number that uh, I've always had and that's sort of thing I've always played with. And then uh, I, for England, like internationally, I always got like awkward numbers. Well, I thought they were awkward, like 11, 12. And, and the big thing about England, that the team numbers have always been like one to 10 or whatever and whoever's in that like one to ten were like starters so as soon as uh darren skilton uh announced his retirement from england dodgeball before the shirt was even cold uh i grabbed it off him and uh wanted that number seven shirt for england i always thought seven's like a lucky number a lucky like a <laughs> flair player number as well so yeah. I, I grabbed it before anybody else could that's funny you mentioned um well there's a few things you mentioned that i want to piggyback on you said the number 23 started popping up around your life and when you said that it instantly brought back the uh i don't know if you saw this movie called the number 23 with jim carrey uh no i haven't actually <laughs> okay so up until this point jim carrey has always been like a comedic actor but this was actually like a, a really good like role twist role reversal for him because he's playing a real like psychotic dramatic role in this author who's obsessed with this number and correlates it to points in history it's definitely a good. I, I, rec, I don't know if it's on Netflix, but it's definitely on some streaming platforms for anyone who want who want to watch it. Number twenty three, Jim Carrey, and um, you said the number seven. I always I don't know what it is, man. You and the English people, it's something about number seven. And to some extent, I get that because my first exposure to English football was actually Eric Cantona, uh, who okay. played for um, Manchester United. This you know this French oh, guy, Eric Cantona. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I said I said it in Spanish. Okay, Cantona. Okay, Cantona. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, exactly, flair player. You know, cool. Yeah. And you think of other flair players that have worn that shirt: Ronaldo, David Beckham. Like it's it's a cool. Uh, Roy Keane. Uh, he wore sixteen, I think. Uh, he, well, he was on. Um, no, I'm talking about for the club level. He wore number what? seven, or am I thinking of someone else? I think you're thinking of somebody else. Okay, well, I could be wrong. It wouldn't be the first time. Uh, I'll just take that one in the chin. But, uh, yeah, other than our ways of pronouncing names, um, it's just kind of funny how, like, is it, is it just – it's not a religious thing. It's just more of like a football thing then, the number – Yeah, I mean, I suppose in, in England, like, football's like number one sport by a long way. Like, rugby oh, and cricket are obviously big sports, but uh, as a nation, we're pretty football mad here. And, and I was no different growing up. I was football mad. <laughs> So when did you start playing uh, dodgeball? What was your first session like? 
Yeah, I mean, I played dodgeball at, um, at school, you know, like PE lessons and stuff like that. But that was only like on a wet day, if you know what I mean. And then the PE teacher said, well, we can't play football or cricket or rounders. Let's just do dodgeball because it's an easy indoor sport, which everybody can participate in. Um, interestingly enough, we had an interform uh, dodgeball uh, tournament, like where, you know, all the classes play against each other. And I didn't actually get picked for that. And that was like a team of 30 as well. Uh, but then uh, I was at the gym um, in 2009. And uh, the, the gym instructor there, Becker at the time, invited me along to come and, come and play, try dodgeball on a Tuesday. So uh, me and Brett went along and uh, absolutely loved it. Like jumping around, throwing balls, you know, what's not to love. <laughs> so it was just a crazy dynamic factor that hooked you in right away. Yeah, yeah. And then there was a tournament shortly afterwards. And they're like, oh, you guys want to come and play? And we're like, yeah, that sounds sick. You know, uh, we'd love to. What is it, like in a dodgeball dome? <laughs> and they like laughed at us. And uh, like, no, the sports all. And uh, yeah, we played our first tournament. I don't, I don't know how far we got, but I, I think we made it to like, the quarters or something like that, which I suppose wasn't, wasn't bad. And uh, yeah, I just absolutely love the serious competitive nature, the tactics, the teamwork, um, and just jumping around and, and chucking balls, to be fair. <laughs> And um, how, how old were you when this, when this tournament happened? I don't think we, we got into that. 16. How old were you when you yeah. started? 16, yeah. Oh, 16? Yeah. And you, were, and you started in the three-ball era? Uh, yeah, that being three-ball, um, which, is, which is mad now. It just seems like a, another lifetime ago. But it was, you know, half my career, say, playing 12 years. Six years of it was, uh, was three-ball. And the six since then has been, has been five-ball, really. So after your first tournament, how much time was it between your first tournament where you had a blast and you probably made it to quarters or semis, but between that and becoming a meteor, so to speak? Yeah, well, to be fair, the, the team was always that? called the Meteors. The, the, it was run as like a, a class by the Lutua Sports Center, and then the guys got a little bit serious and said, oh, we should, we should enter a, a tournament. Okay, but we need a team name. Like, okay. Well, the jet aeroplane was developed in Lutterworth uh, by Frank Whittle, and one of his jet aeroplanes was called the Meteor. So that's where we got our team name from. Um, oh, wow. And so we straight so from the very first tournament, that's that's been our team name. And to be fair, we got like quite good quite quickly. Like um, you know, within within like uh, six months, we got to a first final. Um, to be fair, then another. It took another two years till we won our first tournament, but you know we got we got very good very quickly. Would you say it's because of the team environment, or was it just because each of you guys were driven, but outside of your normal sessions, each of you guys were driven to do something extra to get to that point? Yeah, I mean, I think um, one of the biggest things that helped with our our progression, to be fair, like we always had like this tight uh, team cohesion, like you know we we're all like we were all in this team growing and getting good at dodgeball together. None of us, there was no like experienced senior player showing us the way or anything. We were all learning the sport together. But what I've got to say, like Brett's relentless competitive nature, just <laughs> like his, his like second isn't good enough, never. And, you know, if you, if you lose a game or a tournament or whatever, the, the car ride home is, is insufferable. But like that <laughs> immense high standard, which all the, you know, the best athletes have, um, you know, the best athletes demand that sort of that high standard. And that's what kind of like got us there. You know, Brett saying, we're here to win. We're going to beat these. And, you know, you just believe him. And, um, you know, Brett and I were really competitive at a point. We were quite close in our uh, skill set. We were always pushing each other, like trying to be better than one another. Um, you know, and that, that, that competitive nature between the two of us made each of us better as well as the team better, which was, which was pretty, like a great app, a great environment to be in. Yeah. I mean, it definitely sounds like it because um, if the, if you guys are improving at such a rate, you know, there has to be something extra going on behind the scenes too. And it seems like it's just, it's a competitive but cohesive uh, fit there as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then uh, we, we joined uh, another club local to us called the um, NW Dodgeball Club run by Simon Moody of the Leicester City Ligers. 
and their standard was the highest standard in the, of training across the entire country really and people would travel like you know an hour to come and come and train there it was it was that good um oh. and that really helped with our development as well Wait, what was the name of that club enderby uh enderby dodgeball club which is uh, in leicester um uh, and it was run it was part of the leicester city ligers who were one of the it was a very good team back in the day are they no longer around or no longer around now oh that sucks uh, yeah. <laughs> so you, you win your first tournament in two years what was that like experience like you guys built yourself up to this point you win your first obviously your second really well, isn't good says, enough yeah. huh? i remember it really well because it was actually my 18th birthday oh wow um, so it was on my 18th birthday we had the uh had the um tournament and uh yeah we you know rocked down and it was when you had group stages quarter semi-final which beat reef and raiders in and then we had the final against leicester city ligers that that club that was like letting us train with them uh so it was a really big like grudge match we really really wanted to win it and uh yeah we we uh we won 4-2 in the end um and yeah, we we're absolutely buzzing. You know, win our first tournament, my 18th birthday. I went out. I went out uh, later that night as well. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a mad. It was a mad like 24 hours or whatever. <laughs> That's funny. I've, I've been playing for 12 years, and I've not had a tournament land on my birthday. Yeah, I've had a few close calls. I've never had a tournament land on my birthday, but. Well, the last uh, league meet of, um, of this season actually lands on my uh, 29th birthday. So maybe that's a good omen, hopefully. The last league meet? This season, yeah. That lands on my birthday. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, try to win all the points on your birthday. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that's a good omen for you. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> so um, I lost my train of thought just a little bit, but it's there. Uh, <laughs> it's there. I promise. I've only done interviews for three years at this point. Um, when was your, uh, how was the transition like between uh, three ball and five ball for you guys? Uh, it, came, it came really well to us actually. Like I suppose for the years, like three ball would always been how it is. It was a control game. It was a tactical game. But if I'm being honest with you, I suppose it had got to a point where the game had been broken. Like teams have become very tactically uh, good at it and very controlling at it, and it became a very difficult game to break down. Um, and I felt going from three ball to five ball. Initially, we were like, "Oh, you know, this this is going to be chaos," which, sure enough, it was. But like, it was brilliant because more people got more time on the ball because you know there's more balls to go go around, much more tactics to it. Uh, much more inclusivity. Um, the balls were made slightly smaller, so it became more accessible for, for people to, to play. Um, and I, I think it's been a massive step forwards. I mean, there are drawbacks like there would be with anything. You know, more balls is harder to referee, but overall, I'd say it, it's revived the game of dodgeball and made it much more of a spectator sport, much quicker. Um, and it's something the Meteors really thrived on. You know, we hadn't lost um, a league game at five ball since its inception in 2000 and what would it be 17 until this season so that's just going to show how how well we did i think it's something like i don't know 30 40 games unbeaten something like that something like that you guys have a pretty extensive record i figured with more balls it would favor your more um what i call violent frenetic pace of a, yeah. a play style it did aggressive on the front foot pressure um you know all those things uh, also the games were made into half an hour long so it helped us because we were a very fit team as well um so yeah all over it was really good for us so i, I think it's fair to say we dominate five ball <laughs> well i mean yeah i mean i, I, would, I would say so i mean it, you have to have a certain front foot a certain presence about you to have the approach and success that you guys have had um that being said when was england in the picture when did you uh think about trying out for england how did it feel like putting the shirt on for the first time what was that experience like for you yeah i mean i i've i've honestly i've loved my england experience it's been a real roller coaster for for me as soon as like uh international dodgeball was sort of announced uh in 2010 i, I wanted to be a part of it and um 
to be fair, I didn't make the, the first Euros team. It was quite a small squad. And then they kind of made it into an academy. Um, and I, I made it in at the age of, I don't know, 18 or, or something like that. But like, I've had to really, really, really work hard. And the ambition of England, again, has improved me as a, as a player. First of all, I got into like under 21s teams and B teams. Uh, I narrowly, narrowly missed out on a trip to Italy in uh, the Ita- Italy Euros in 2011. Um, uh, yeah, and it, you know it was always like I really want to get into that first team. I really want to get into that that uh, international setup. And then you know I've had my break, made my debut. Referee blows the whistle up for my debut. I'm running for the ball, I, tr- I slip over the line. So like I had the worst England debut, the shortest England <laughs> debut of all time. Um, and then like. I made the squad for that and had the disappointment of missing out on the following Euros. Then the following season had my Six Nations and uh, unfortunately nobody videoed it, but you can take my word for it. I was was absolutely sick. (laughs) (laughs) One of my best tournaments. Um, And then then like, you know, I kind of like, again, went to the next Euro. I got selected for the next Euros, but kind of like dropped in down the pecking order and, and was on the bench a little bit more. And it was only really in 2017 that I really like, or 2016, um, 17, that I really put my name down um, as a first team player, um, and that was, I suppose, within the you know with the five ball coming into it and becoming an England international. They kind of like at the same time worked, which which kind of helped. So I guess five ball really helped my international career because um, I guess it, it favoured me um, in that respect. Um, and still to this day, like one of my favorite ever tournaments is the 2016 World Cup. Like the atmosphere, the, rec- the way the game was recorded. Five ball was new to everybody then, and it was on the big stage. Um, and I got to play in the, the semis and the final. And I just feel so lucky and so privileged to play in that final because I know so many dodgeballers would love to play in that in that final. And uh, everything just came together for me at that point. That. Yeah, that was a gnarly final. Uh, I can yeah. say that having watched it, having rewatched it several times, um, I'm sure. I'm sure the experience of the of the stadium was uh, different than what we saw on TV. How loud was it in there when you were playing the final game? Oh yeah, yeah. They had Sweet Caroline playing uh, everywhere, <laughs> and yeah, we're obviously in home crowd crowd as well. So majority of people rooting for us there. Um, so yeah, it's an electric atmosphere. One, and actually still one of the one of the best i think partly because obviously you had a lot of dodgeball fans there and it, it was our home tournament it was it was well promoted so yeah as i say i've had a, a real roller coaster of an england career and i've got to say thanks to um you know several people like arnie alex harrison who have helped me with my development as is um jaff as well he's he's the dave paul the the coach he's uh, helped me helped me with my development and john rudland Help create a, a really professional um, atmosphere there with uh, physios and um, and uh, nutritionists and coaches and um, in fact all these all these great players like you know they've they've helped me as well um, you know as, as well as Brett being in the team I always always think like you're only as good as your opposition and uh, we'd have England training and you'd have all the best players across the country would all train together. And honestly, it was, it was brilliant. You could put the England team was so good. You could probably put the second team or even the third team in, and they'd probably win the, the Euros. They were they were that good to train with. Yeah, there's definitely some uh, top tier talent, literally top to bottom. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, no one's going to argue on that. Um, did you happen to go to the one in uh, New York? Yeah, I went to the World Cup in New York with uh, England. That was uh, that was amazing as well. How was your preparation like in the lead up to New York? different than the lead up to Manchester now that you've already experienced five ball? Yeah, I suppose like being the um, world champions, we'd already qualified. And then I think like they announced that the next World Cup would be in New York um, in Madison Square Garden. And like for two years, that was the aim. That was the absolute obsession. Um, you know, like every every day, the word on my lips was or the thought in my head was like, you know, Madison Square Garden, Dodgeball World Cup. And uh, I, think, I think it's fair to say we all like trained and my, I can say for myself, I never trained harder for anything in my, in my life. And um, in terms of pre- preparation, we, you know, we've been researching um, players and doing lots of video analysis and working on our game. 
um, tactics all leading up to that to that one tournament. Um, and it, yeah, it, it's something we worked really, really hard towards. So it was just a bit disappointing when we when we got there. But the tournament was a bit of a a bit of a mess in a, in a way because there's poor preparation. They changed the balls at the last minute, and like nobody played with these balls, and it was on like a concrete playing surface. It was just it was just a bit of a shame in the end that you know it, we did get to play in the Hulu Theatre in Madison Square Garden still. But it just it just seems all a bit messy, unfortunately. The run up, the 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 final the final hurdle, which was a shame because it was such a special tournament. Uh, when you said they changed the ball, um, I was all, I was always under the impression it was supposed to be a cloth ball, or was there a different cloth ball you guys? <laughs> yeah. Were? So I've I've never seen this ball before, and never seen it since. So a cloth ball was like of a certain textured material, and it had um, I don't know two panels with big pictures on it, and then. It had uh, four other panels, which had three panels within those four panels. Hopefully, yeah. you know what I mean. No, I, this, I, new, this new ball that came out for the World Cup, it was like, I don't know who invented it, where it came from. It had uh, six panels, but no, uh, but none of these panels had like the three panels within them. It was like a different material, which was like slightly silkier and a bit like uh, a bit less grippy. And like, I mean, I can't really blame the balls because it was the same balls for everybody, you know, at the end of the day. But yeah. when you've been preparing and training really hard for your sport and then all of a sudden they just throw a curveball like that in, it was a bit, it was a bit disappointing. So um, other than the kind of last-minute uh, hiccups you had there, what was your biggest takeaway from the competition level as far as what you encountered in New York was concerned? I mean, in terms of, like, playing the tournament, I mean, like, what I can take away is on the yeah. court. yeah. I suppose after we got because we, we, we had the most chaotic game against Malaysia, and uh, it didn't go the way the way we planned. And um, obviously after we after we lost that, like heads were gone, and uh, you know everything we'd uh, invested in over the last um, sort of two years of you know all all the emotion kind of came out uh, in one. It, it did for me anyway. I mean, I just, after that, we had the women's and the mixed teams playing. So I just wanted to be there to, to support them for that. And fair play to them. They did brilliant and brilliantly. The mixed team and the women's team did exceptionally well and, and won, their, won their tournaments. Um, so it's like every, everything's a learning curve. You know, you take these experiences away. I had a great time in New York. It was a, it was a, it was a very high standard tournament. Uh, I think we, a lot of us played well, but we could have done better. What I'd take away from it, I says everything, everything, every time you play, you learn, don't you? And um, <laughs> well, I don't know what to say I learned from that tournament. Learn to deal with disappointment, be a good sportsman, train harder and go again. <laughs> you can't always have it your way. But uh, yeah, you know, we will train harder and we'll be back stronger. That That is for certain. So um, when did foam uh, come in the scene for you? And how, how have you taken a liking to it? Um, I suppose the first time I tinkered with foam would be when I went over to Canada actually in 2013 the British Bulldogs with Chris Harper Mark Allen aka Straubs and Alex Harrison and uh, we went over to a tournament run uh, by Dan Bulzerian was it Dan Bulzerian no what was his name Dan Vladescu Dan Vladescu, that's it. Yeah, not the, yeah. Uh, the casino muscle guy. <laughs> I'm like, Dan what? Vladescu, uh, for <laughs> for twenty thousand dollars, and uh, we went in, into uh, Toronto and then drove over to tournament in Detroit. That was an insane, insane <laughs> week. That was I had the best time. Um, but then I didn't really touch another phone ball again until, until 2017, and um, yeah, we uh, we played a played a, um, a bit in Canada I did when I went over on a holiday and then 2018 obviously it was like the word on everybody's lips and foam tournaments started getting introduced and um, GV were holding trials for foam teams and, and so on um, it's got to be said like I don't know I, for, 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 it, foam isn't the one for, for me um, obviously there's this big debate foam cloth and some people just won't budge on their sports I've, I've been open-minded um, ever since the change from three ball to, to five ball I thought okay well anything can be better and you know we'll we'll, we'll give everything a go um, 
I've played uh, foam with the GB squad. I've entered a couple of tournaments with Meteors, which we've which we've won. So I know I can play foam and I can be accomplished um, in it as well. Um, for me, I think foam just seems a bit of a static sport. Like it's about spectatorship, it's about teamwork, um, and I think cloth delivers on a higher level on a on a on a team level side and on a spectators side. That that's how that's how I feel, and, and obviously the phone players will, will disagree. Um, but this, <laughs> this, you, can, you can only go by your own, your own opinions. I think cloth's more inclusive. I think there's much more variety in the plays. Uh, whereas foam, I think you come up, you pump fake a load, throw one, go back, and then you just take it in turns to do that. That's it for me anyway. So you don't consider yourself a phone player? I mean, I've seen some footage. You've got some gnarly, gnarly throws to you. Yeah, I can play foam. Um, I wouldn't, <laughs> obviously. I think the thing is, it's very difficult as well because obviously us in... Britain, we're all cloth players trying to get good at foam, whereas you guys playing foam have been playing for as long as we've been playing with the cloth ball. So you know all the tricks, know the spin, know how to hold hold it, know how to read the throw, and you know your experience shows. And we play when we went over to the um, oh, what's it called Sky Zone trampolining dodgeball tournament UDC UDC yeah. We that was foam, wasn't it? Yeah, no, yeah, was that rubber? No, it was nothing. It was it was nothing. Nothing, oh, nothing wasn't it? Yeah, but we played. Uh, we went over and did. I uh, rented a sports hall that, uh, while we were over there in Chicago. We uh, played no sting. We played foam and we played a bit of cloth. So we all got to have a, a little go with each other's, um, you know, disciplines. And you guys with the foam ball are just another level. The way you control it, the way you, you handle it, <laughs> you know, I just feel like. For us, we it take us ten years to get to that that level if we were to take foam seriously. <laughs> I heard you have a nice little uh, scar from that um, from that encounter. Oh yeah, that was with the the rubbers though, but with a pinch where you could pinch yeah. it. I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, oh, I can't remember what his name was, but he, he had a war. I called him SWAT because he had like a shirt that said SWAT on. And uh, he absolutely leathered this ball and it slapped me in the face. And I went down. I was like, I was I'm near, near enough knocked out. And I'm pretty sure, like, I remember Vince Marchman saying he saw, he saw the ball go into my face and then my, me go down, my soul go up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I saw that on camera too. So, oh, yeah. And Alex <laughs> Harrison as well, he took one to the chest and he had like a, a big red mark on his chest. I think that took a few days to disappear. I thought that was you with the big, big red mark. Well, it could have been me as well, probably. <laughs> yeah. Brett Koenig, I think Alex Harrison, a few people told me you had a big red, like lightning bolt shaped scar on your maybe, chest. Maybe I was knocked out and couldn't remember it. Everybody else can remember the war. Wounds. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was brilliant though. Like it was all the best players from around the, you know, well, you know, all the best players from America, Canada, uh, some of the best players from Great Britain as well, all just pl- trying each other's, other's disciplines in a real, like, casual environment. Um, it, was, it was really good, that. And that's that's one of, the, like, my best dodgeball memories as well. They're really good. There's <laughs> a good photo of everybody all together. It's quite iconic, I feel. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I mean, I, I, I look at that photo and I'm like, yeah, there's history being made right here. Exactly, yeah. It's one of those <laughs> moments you look back in time and think that's when everybody was together. And we're in our current time. Um, <laughs> sadly. So, sadly. So um, what sports did you play uh, growing up? I know you mentioned uh, football, but was there any other sport you played? Uh, no, fo- football was the, the main one for me. I played from a very young age uh, through all, all sorts of levels um, from, and, and, and uh, for my local team. I've got to say, we weren't particularly ever so good. Um, I think we we were in the bottom division <laughs> all the time, but <laughs> I played for the, the Lutworth team and I captained the Lutworth team as well. And I enjoyed it. Um, and that, 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 that was for me was, that was for me was, was good fun and, and I enjoyed it. But uh, you know, as I was growing up in, uh, I played a little bit of tennis and badminton and um, tried a bit of rugby and, and a bit of cricket, but um, no, I wasn't, uh, I, I must, I must say I didn't really exceed in any of those, in all truthfulness. And as I was turning um, 16, I discovered dodgeball. So football kind of took a, uh, you know, a bit of a backstep. Back 
but yeah, backseat, but uh, and dodgeball kind of came my uh, my new love. But I've always been a, a keen, you know, enthusiast of sport. I always keep an eye on the football, the tennis. I'm always watching the sport as well. So I am like a, a keen, interested sportsman. I I love watching people's disciplines. You've got the Winter Olympics on now, and I think that's incredible. Some of the stuff they do. Likewise, the Olympics as well. You think, wow, that they're they're amazing. And, and the great thing about England dodgeball for me. Uh, and GB and the coaches and managers I've, I've had, they've given me a taste of what that, that a little flavor of what that sort of international, you know, dodgeball, uh, international sports life might be like, you know, playing for being, you know, a national team um, you know, or Olympic team. It's given me a flavor of what that might be like and what that would feel like. And to find a niche sport like dodgeball, um, I'm so lucky, you know, not everybody, not everybody gets to experience that. That's right. <laughs> that I can say we can agree on for sure. Um, so, did you have do you have any role models in dodgeball, and who are the role models you had uh, outside of dodgeball growing up? Um, I suppose just to begin with, in dodgeball, um, I suppose like when I first started out and first started playing, like Ryan Knight and Simon Moody were they were two like arch rivals, and I always thought, oh, you know, I'd love to be as as good as those guys. Uh, I always took like inspiration from other players, bits I liked about their playing style, bits I didn't, and uh, you know take that into my to my own game. I suppose uh, Brett inspired me uh, a lot because, of, as I was mentioned to you earlier, his um, you know it, uh, only result is to win. You know his his immense competitiveness, and that like, inspired me to become a better player as well. So yeah, in, in dodgeball, there there have been some of my sort of uh, sort of inspirations in there so out of, out of dodgeball uh a lot of my uh passion would, was was football let's say and, and flair players like um david beckham and and rooney and ronaldo kind of growing up you're thinking wow look at them their, their skills their flair you know they're they're so good and on on, on top of their game michael owen as well he, he was another one so they were kind of the, the sort of the, the athletes um, inspired me. But, you know, I, I always think a lot of it is down to attitude. You know, I say this in my personal life, my sports life, my working life. Everything comes down to attitude. And my parents really installed that sort of like positive, can do. If you can do anything, do it with a good attitude, do it with a good heart. And, and I think if you have that attitude in life, then you can achieve anything. Yeah, spot on. Uh, spot on right there. Um so, all right. So, who's your rival on court? Who's that one player, whether at the domestic level or national level, that anytime you see lined up across you, like you know you you got to be on your A game for this one? <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to ask me, ask me this question. I thought rival. I've, 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 as I was saying earlier, Sergio, I've played for so so long now. I've had so many different rivals. Like <laughs> we've gone through different generations of dodgeball. Like you know, we've gone from the early stages of three ball. Uh, to the latter stages of, of three ball and then and then yeah the birth of five ball and I suppose where we are where we are now um, I suppose in, in the early days I kind of really wanted to always get like um, Simon Moody and Ryan Knight and Alex Harrison well so Alex Harrison's been the one throughout my entire um, career but we'll we'll come back to him later but those guys are sort of like you know I really wanted to show them how good I was by you know getting them getting them out and then later on, uh, you had a team called the Leicester Minotaurs, who kind of um, broke um, three ball, if you if you ask me, with their tactics. And um, they had a player called Dan Ryan, and he'd wear like this like uh, makeup, and it was like I don't know, like war paint sort of thing. And he gave you this like death stare, and he he just didn't smile. And uh, I'd always love a good a good like battle with him because he'd kind of like played at six i played at like one and two so we were kind of like opposite each other um so it'd be always this like really intense rival which then carried on internationally to with scotland as well and then like in in as i say you got alex harrison who's been playing as long as i have he's always been at the top of his game and he's always one that you want to kind of get one up on because he's a good player you want those sort of uh those sort of bragging rights um, but I say it's like more more recently with GB, you've got like competition for places within these teams. 
So when you go to tournaments, you're thinking, okay, he's gonna, he's a potential, you know, competitor for my spot in the team. So like players like um, Scotty Whitelaw have become somebody I really want to get out every time. Uh, Simon Parsons as, as well. Um, and, you know, they're these sort of players you think, I want to get him because, you know, I want to show that I'm better than, than he is for the, the GB or the, the England team, whatever, whatever it be. So there's, there's you know, there's quite a, quite a lot to choose from, from that. It's, it's changed over the, over the years. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's always good um, to have that sort of rivalry on court. You know, it makes you want to win even more. Yeah, that was a point I was going to allude to. I mean, regardless of how many generations of dodgeball, I mean, you know, at this point that you've played, there's always got to be that one person that has got to be extra sweet to beat. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so you mentioned Dan Ryan. I can't remember who else mentioned Dan Ryan, but they said a lot of the same things. Yeah. Like he has yeah, he's, uh, he's a character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got to see this. There's some pictures around somewhere. You can find it. Um, yeah. Not for me, but... Uh... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying for you. I'm just saying. I got to figure <laughs> out who the person is. Yeah. All right. Um, do you have a pregame ritual before a tournament? Um, I suppose like in early stages, I know I just used to... We used to play some tunes in the car, um, rock up, um you know, jump around a bit and then, yeah, we go on and play. But then as you get older, you need to like stretch, go through the, the, the motions of getting all the muscles warmed up, engaged. And more recently, I like to be on the court sweating, ready to go. So, you know, rather than playing cold and getting up to speed, I like to be, you know, at full speed all, already. Um, but it's just like, I like to be involved. Like some players put the headphones in, zone out. I, I like to be with lads, you know, in sync, you know, fist bumps, ass pats, all that, you know, just being with the lads and get, you know, getting involved with the, uh, the atmosphere, to be fair. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that. I mean, so in terms of like more recently, um, you know, I've kind of think about more about my nutrition, um, what I food, you know, I drink and what I eat and, you know, getting a good night's sleep the night before and just preparing for the, the tournament. Uh, at England, we had a sports psychologist. Um, shout out to Emily; she really helped me uh, with getting me in the, the correct mental um, state. You know, for playing a game, because you know some games are immensely competitive. Both teams really want to win, uh, and it's about getting yourself in that correct mental preparation. And and um, that's something I've I've been really working a lot on more than anything. I know I have the skills; I just need to to be in the correct state to make the the right decisions um to to smash it on the on the court but uh yeah that that's that's my sort of dodgeball preparation these days eat well <laughs> be part of the be with the lads and uh and uh think about how the game's gonna pan out so you kind of hinted at it before but what kind of tunes do you like to listen to before um, a game I, you know what? Like I used to like the sort of the old the cliches like I the tiger and, and stuff like that <laughs> um, just to get you pumped, but um, Austria's uh, Max Metz, I don't know if you've heard of him, he yeah. had the most amazing playlist for the uh, for dodgeball. Um, he played, he's been the, the Austrians have been bringing this big boom box to the Euros since I don't know, I think since time began, and um, <laughs> in, it, in, 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 in Italy and uh, Glasgow and and even New York, they, they took a, a boombox from Austria to New York. And this boombox was massive. Honestly, you could, you could hear it for like blocks and blocks away. And uh, the playlist that he has is amazing. And for me, like whenever I'm just uh, want to get myself into the dodgeball mood, um, I love putting that, that playlist on. Um, you can find it on Spotify. It just gets me pumped. It gives me, you know, you know when like, you associate a song with good memories? Yeah, uh, for me that's that's what it does for me. It just gives, brings back great memories, puts me in a good mood, it puts a smile on my face, and yeah, because I associate it with dodgeball, it, I suppose it puts me in that that right place. And I have a few favorites in that playlist, but uh, it's all it's all really good. So it's funny you mentioned Max because I actually interviewed him last year, yeah. and I actually do have his uh, Spotify uh, playlist. 
that he sent me after the interview. So I know exactly what you're talking about. It's got some real bangers in there. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm definitely not going to fall asleep after listening to that. (laughs) That personally. Thank you, Max. Yeah. I mean, you picture it like after the Euros, we're all, we're all like, yeah, buzzing because we've had a great, great tournament. He's got his boom box there. They're playing the tunes. Everybody's having a good time. You know, you know, it's just, just one of those things. And um, yeah, so good. So good. (laughs) All right. So we're going to start, we're going to head to the crowd source questions right now. Uh, First question comes from Hannah. Uh, Her usual question is, you know, in case you don't know, is what are you grateful for today? Uh, (laughs) Well, grateful, grateful for my friends, grateful for my family, Um, you know, uh, grateful to be engaged to to Hayley. I'm so lucky uh, to find such a good girl in her and uh, can't wait to get married this year. Um, You know, lucky to enjoy my enjoy my work as well you know not everybody finds a job that they look forward to going to um so yeah you know there's there's plenty to be grateful a great network of dodgeball family you know uh, across the whole whole globe i could go over to malaysia or over to america canada anywhere in europe um tap up on these guys anytime and you know to have that sort of international network is special really is that is very true i could say that wholeheartedly um Her second question, or actually, no. Um, yeah, second question. Give us a controversial opinion about dodgeball. So what is your spiciest opinion? Is there something, something there? Hmm, wish you asked me this. I could think about it. Uh, what is my spiciest opinion? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, dodgeball is always going to have those sticking points um, in it. You know, everybody loves dodgeball. Like, you know, you go to school and, and kids say, oh, yeah, I really want to play, I really want to play. Um, and I think that's the same across the globe. I just want uh, dodgeball to come together. And, you know, you've got the foam versus cloth debate. Oh, that's that's a real can of worms. That's a real mess. Uh, you know, <laughs> they got... I just, I just love it to become what it deserves to be. Because for me, dodgeball, it has all the elements. It has jumping, it has throwing, it has catching, you know it's a all you have a bit of sprinting um it's an all-round all-body sport you know you need you need a a good fitness good tactical knowledge good skill set like it deserves that recognition you know um you see some sports like darts getting on the telly and they're throwing this little little dart and like getting massive cheers whereas you got you got dodgeball which does so much more and um i think it deserves that that great recognition um and how we get there is is the biggest the trickiest journey there's so many politics uh, involved um and i just you know just i just want whatever to happen to make sure um dodgeball dodgeball gets where i think it, it deserves because you know it, it deserves to be on the olympic stage it is it for me it really is is that good so you know put egos and pride aside and and try and come together to do the best of the uh best for the sport that's what i'd say not exactly a hand grenade of an opinion but i'll take that um yeah. <laughs> just playing <laughs> i like i love dodgeball it's, it's so it's so good the community everything about it is it's good you know i i can de- I, I can definitely say that um I, I can say that in the past what four years of working on this podcast um, I've definitely met some great people along the way. Uh, Hannah being one of them, you being one of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely say that. I, I, I have my own, I, I think I've shared my controversial opinion on what I think, uh, about dodgeball, but I, I could share that again another time. Uh, our next question, uh, dream team in men's. And if you could coach a women's team, who would be in it? If I could, my dream team in men's. Okay, I mean, this is this is where Brett, Brett and I will quite often go for like a cheeky Nando's or or whatever, just a long car journey, and we'll quite often debate like what is the greatest dodgeball team, and uh, we go around in circles, and it, it's like, oh, yeah, but he was three ball, then he's five ball, but could he do it in foam, and could he do it in the modern game, and, and, and we go around in circles, 
and uh, we argue it. And I, you know, I, I, and I absolutely love it. And then he's like, "Would you even get in that team, Sam?" I'm like, "Of course, I would." He's like, "No, you wouldn't." <laughs> and, I mean, and 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 I love it. Um, and, and that's the great thing about any sport, you know, when you got top top uh, top players, um, you could argue you could argue that all day. But I'll tell you what, I'll give you uh, six players that uh, I'd, I'd put in the in the team. Okay. Um, based on like sort of the the last uh, last ten years of uh, I've been playing. So for me, Tom Stonehouse goes at uh, at six. Um, he was he was a complete all round player as well. Um, played for the Bedford uh, Mighty Eagles and and uh, cut his teeth at the uh, Bedford University side. Left hander and he was so so accurate. Um, just inside um, from six would be number five Brett. The reason I'm putting Brett for Brett at five rather than six is because I don't think Tom could play five. <laughs> so you got to you got to get him in there somehow. Uh, Alex Harrison at four. Um, again, he's been playing the game for 10, 12 years. He's, you know, completely, uh, can, you know, continuously reinvented himself to play at the, the top level um, from, from the very, very beginning. Um, so fair play to him for that. Um, number three, position number three. I don't know. You could, you could debate this, um, but I'm going to put Ed, Ed Pickering in there. Um, largely because um, I want to play it too, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but his, his throw it as a technical as a as a technical player. I think he's one of the most technical players I've ever seen. Like his, he calculates everything perfectly. His technique in everything is perfect. You see him warm up and do his stretches. His technique's perfect. His catching technique is textbook. His throwing um, technique is textbook. His, his accuracy was pinpoint as well. Uh, dodging as well. So from a, a technical perspective, I think he's been a, an excellent player. So I think I'm going to put him in, in there as well. So I put myself at two. Um, some people would argue that, I suppose. I mean, I think I deserve that because I've, I've won everything there is to win in the game. I've won everything new to, uh, multiple times, apart from the, the World Cup. Um, you know, I've, I've uh, played at the highest level and I've had to work hard to get there. And I think I'm, I'm made of the right stuff to to get through uh, any any challenges. Uh, number one, you know what? It's difficult because you got Matthew uh, Josiah, a.k.a. Arnie. He's played at the highest level um, for a long, long time. Um, he's, he's played at three, he mastered three ball um, as well um, also. Uh, Ed Pickering, deputized at um, number one um, as well. And he did a, a very good job. And I've also played with with uh, Ryan Neely uh, at, at position number one, who's been uh, an unpredictable little bouncing bunny, but uh, <laughs> really entertaining. Uh, That's at, actually at, where uh, I thought you were going to put it, that one, uh, position. But you know what? Just to throw a curveball in there, I'm going to put uh, Chris Harper at number one. Uh, not saying... He, he was a really a real natural um he was like um he he took to sport so well um he, he threw beautifully uh his catching was excellent well not actually sorry his catching was a bit of a weak point actually i'm being totally truthful but he was a real flair player and um to be on a team with him his energy was so uh, infectious and you'd want to you'd want to play for him and you'd believe in him um and his ability as well unfortunately he didn't he didn't stand stay at the top long enough for me. Uh, I think he could have been at the top level um, for longer, but I'm going to put him in there because he, he was a brilliant lad to be around. Nice. Uh, I honestly thought you were going to put uh, Ryan uh, Ryan Neal at the one position. I, I, I think that was. Do, a big... I've got to play him. I've got to play him in the Super League in a few weeks. I don't want to. Don't want to. Oh. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> I mean, I'll be fair. I'll tell you what. Like, I, yeah, Neely, Arnie, um, Chris Harper. <laughs> Three excellent players. Like I don't know, you, you, it's hard to separate them. They all had great, great. That, that um, is fair. They all had great, great abilities. Arnie's longevity, Neely's unpredictability, Harper's flair. The three of them are excellent players. Okay, and the second part to her question: If you could coach a women's team, who would be in it? Okay, I mean the women's game. Um, 
it's something I suppose I've always taken a keen uh, interest in as a as a dodgeball fan, but not something I've um, immensely uh, engrossed um, myself in. Um, I mean, for something for, I've seen a lot of very good players come in the game. I think uh, one of the best was Lauren Folks. Um, she was in the early, she played three ball and then kind of faded out at five ball. Um, and I think if she stuck with it, she was, still would have been a, a great player today. Um, so I'd put her at six. I'd put uh, Kat Hearn at five. Um, honestly, she's, she's better than a lot of men's players. Uh, she's the uh, fiance, soon to be wife of Brett, um, of course. And uh, yeah, honestly, she's played in our men's teams on multiple occasions. Uh, I've seen her, her catching is unbelievable. Like, you know, you're in a hole and you need somebody to dig you out. Cat's, your, cat's the one you want to go to, to be honest with you. Uh, she's, she's superb. Um, in, terms of sen- uh, in terms of like from there, you got um, Charlotte Josiah. She's been at the top of the game for a long time. She's another one of these that are like immensely competitive, always wants to win everything. Um, so yeah, I gotta I gotta put put her, her in there. She's been a, a captain for England for, for many years, and and um, yeah, she's she's worthy of being of being in that team. Uh, let's have a look. Who else we got in the women's? You're actually doing research yeah, right so, now. Oh, I know. I know. Rhiannon Hickenbottom. She used to play for the Meteors ladies back in the day. Uh, she played for Wales as well and was part of the Wales team that uh, dethroned um, the England uh, ladies as well. She's an excellent uh, catcher. Uh, and she's, again, another one of those that you want to be, be in your team. Uh, Karen Pickering also got to give her a shout out. She's, again, part of that same Wales team. That was, that was excellent. Um, definitely got to, got to put her in there. And I think Sarah Town, um, she plays for Bedford Mighty Eagles. She's been playing a long time. I think a lot of the time she goes under the radar with the team because she's a bit, I suppose she's a bit more humble in her, in her play. Like some people really like, you know, scream at the top of their voices and make a real big um, statement about themselves. She was my opposite number at England. So she'd be number seven for the ladies. I'd be number seven for the men. So we'd have a bit of a, a chat and a banter. But you watch her on the court. Like her throwing accuracy is really, really good, and she's always so reliable and so consistent as well. She like she never lets you down. So that'd be my uh, England, uh, my uh, not England, my uh, women's six. I'd like to coach <laughs> if I could put my dream team together. Yeah, you had to put a lot together right there. Um, yeah, Shaquille Joseph. What part of dodgeball do you think is most difficult, even for experienced players like yourself? I think it's the decision making in all honesty, like um, the highest level of the game. Um, and, and it's amazing how a game can be changed in terms of momentum, um, scoreline on just one little decision. So, you know, you've got your, your backtracking, you're trying to defend your team and then you, you throw a sloppy pre-throw or something like that. You've given the opposition four balls all of a sudden, you know, they've, they've gone and struck, struck two, or, two or three of your players out. The momentum's just swung like that because you made a sloppy, tired, lazy decision. And, um, you know, it's part of the game I'm trying to work on most of all. It's, I, I, I can throw, I can catch. Um, I've been playing a long time, but decision-making is still at the highest level, I think, it, the hardest thing. And and uh, for anybody who's, who's got those skills of throwing, catching, but can't work out why they're not getting to the next level, the next step of their game, think about your decision-making and think how each little decision you make impacts the game. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, go textbook and be boring, so you've got to go and do everything by the book. But I'm just saying, you know, think, if I throw this ball here, what could happen? You know, um, and think about the targets you choose, uh, the catches you go for, how you dodge, um, as a decision making for me, that's the, the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen players who aren't the best throwers, aren't the best catchers, um, but their decision making and their tactics are really, really good. And 
in all honesty, in my team, I'd rather have a player that makes good decisions that, than can throw a ball at 90 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know too many people like that, ironically yeah. enough. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's definitely a big one, whether you're an experienced player like yourself or someone starting off, this decision making is definitely a, a big hurdle to, to consistently jump over. Yeah. If you're in, sure. if you're ever in those mental blocks. All right. So safe to assume that we've definitely had a lot of fun on this interview. Definitely yeah. appreciate you having, having you on. But when I ask you, well, I want to ask you, um, what would you like your legacy to be? How would you like it to be remembered once you play your final game? <laughs> um, I suppose, um, yeah, I mean, as, I mean, yeah, I've been playing a long time. I've, I've known a lot of people in, in dodgeball. Um, I'd like, I don't think I'll be remembered as one of the, the best dodgeballers um, of all time. Certainly a very good one because I've, I've won so much um, in the game. Um, and I think my, hopefully my name will be mentioned for many years to come. But I'd like to people to think of the, the story and the journey I've, I've been on with, you know, how I've had to train hard and um, obsess really with, with getting to the, to the top, uh, accepted um, rejection of, you know, not being selected for teams and then come back wanting it more. And then once I've got it, you want to keep it. Um, and yeah, I just like to think that I can remember to, for just being a good teammate and um, being, being there for, for everyone and uh, just enjoying the journey that we, we all shared together. You know, a lot of us have been, a lot of journeys across, you know, the world together. I've, you know, been Canada, some great guys, America and all across Europe. And, you know, I'd like to be thought of like as part of that transition from three ball to five ball and, and the birth, and I helped with the birth of that and implementing the tactics that we, we now use today. Well, I could definitely say um, you do have a taste for the flair. Um, I think you will be remembered as one of the best to come out of England. I think in some ways you might be overlooked, but there's yeah. so much. I think I think when you think of the names that will be remembered, like there's a lot of players and a lot of very good players, but there's only a handful of names that will be remembered, if you ask me. And those sort of things like, like Vince Marchbanks, um, Andrew Ketchum, Brett Koenig, Alex Harrison, uh, those are the sort of names that will be that will be remembered. And, and as I say, I played with brilliant players like Harney, Tom Stonehouse, uh, Ryan Neely, um, and uh, and uh, and many 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 others. So I've played against Stefan Leitinger. He'll probably be remembered. Um, but then there's other great players like Max Metz and and so on. And you know, some of these great players, there's only a handful where their names will be talked about across the world for many years um, to come in in dodgeball. Well, my point being, I, I think you're going to be right on there, that list as well. Oh, thank I you. Mean, I'd like to think so, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just enjoy it. You just have to enjoy it, don't you? Just enjoy it. <laughs> uh, I, I definitely think you'll you'll be on the Pantheon of Greats once it's all over with. Uh, I think people will be inspired by your story, um, your obsessive drive, and that's going to be, that's going to leave a lasting remark. Um, and the fact that you just couldn't take no for an answer, like, some people would get rejected by England once and probably you probably never hear them, hear of them again. It happens two ways, you know, like some people get um, rejected by England, don't come back. Some people get into England, go straight to the head and, uh, and think they're there, you know, and even when you're there, it's about staying on focus, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think, I think if anything, your legacy with me would be something of hard work, determination, grit with the, with the, with the hint of flair. Uh, that's something I would say. Was yeah. that a little laugh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like what? The, I'm like what, what? did I just catch on the mic? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, safe to assume your your legacy is cemented with me and pretty much with anyone um, that listens to this. And trust me, a lot of people will listen to this. Ah, uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> thanks. For, thanks for having me. Um, you know, I feel like um, I've played dodgeball for so long. I could talk talk for hours about it i got such a story to tell but no i really appreciate this and uh i've really enjoyed it i do enjoy listening to your podcast and it's great to get an insight of um other players perspectives and you know how they feel um and their, their opinions in dodgeball and, and that's that's really special so before we wrap this up uh do you have any uh, shout outs you'd like to give 
shout out to Haley, uh, who's uh, always been there um, to support me and dodgeball some of the, the biggest events. And then, you know, has to sacrifice every weekend with, uh, with me being away. Um, so I'm, I'm really appreciative of that. Uh, appreciative of all the Meteors um, teammates I've, I've been lucky enough to play with over the years. We've had some absolutely brilliant lads and uh, some of them still play for us. Well, a lot of the ones that still play for us, brilliant lads right now. And even past members, they're still great friends. And um, and although they may be in different teams or not playing anymore, um, you know, still like to, you know, catch up with them and, uh, you know, pick up where we left off from. Um, so just shout out to all my Meteors teammates and, and also like the 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 England and um, GB teammates when we've been on these uh, tours together, um, the the bond is just so strong and you know you feel like every single one of those lads has your back um, and that that's something that's always been really special to me no matter who I've played with um, you know, no matter what we feel about each other at a club level or whatever when we when we come together on these international tours um, you know that whoever's whoever's you're with has got your back and uh, I'm grateful for that. Well said. Well said. All right, everyone. And that was my interview with Simon Jones. Simon, thank you so much for hopping on and sharing with us your story. Um, I'll announce my next guest shortly. I do hope to uh, collect more uni series interviews as well as more interviews. Um, the boss should return momentarily, uh, sh- sooner rather than later. So that'll leave one final mark on this season before I hang it up. So Wish me luck on that. Um, and uh, yeah, um, if you've listened up until this point, thank you so much for, and uh, have a wonderful day.